0: most powerful and blessed Lord, who we know caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant us the ability to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us our Savior Jesus Christ amen our first reading today is from the book of Psalms chapter 119 verses 52 through 60 listen to the word of the Lord when I think of your ordinances from of old I take comfort O Lord Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked, those who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs wherever I have made my home. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, for I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I implore your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think of your ways, I turn my feet to your decrees. I hurry and do not delay to keep your commandments. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8. So listen now for the word of, the God, of our God to the church on this Lenten Sunday. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it. For the day of my burial, you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So before we turn to the significance of Mary's act, which has become known in the church as the anointing of Jesus, we need to take a moment to understand the timing. A few days earlier, Jesus had raised Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, from the dead. He had come out of the tomb wrapped in his burial cloths, much to the amazement of everyone who was there. And the awesome power of this miracle threw the Pharisees and the chief priests into a deep crisis. Jesus, who had already been a thorn in their side, was now turning heads among the people in dangerous ways. If we let him go on like this, they said, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. In fear and desperation, they made a pact with one another that Jesus should not be allowed to live somehow they would conspire to rid themselves of Jesus once and for all. Meanwhile, an elated Mary and Martha, whose brother had just been roused from the dead, decide to throw a celebratory dinner in their hometown of Bethany, just across the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem. On the day before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, i.e. the Saturday before Palm Sunday, Jesus sits at table with them as the guest of honor, with Lazarus, the brother he had resurrected, seated nearby. And we can imagine the joy of this occasion, the family having been reunited and restored to health in such a miraculous way. And this festive atmosphere serves as the backdrop for a bold and unexpected act of discipleship. The Greek wording makes it clear that Mary's gift to Jesus is exceedingly generous. A pound of perfume represented an offering of great abundance in terms of both volume and expense— And that abundance garners quick criticism from the disciples, especially Judas. But the text also makes it clear that Judas's critique is neither innocent nor well-intentioned. Now, we have to admit that he did have a point. Yes, that perfume could have been sold. And yes, its value could have done all kinds of good for the poor in that region, and it would have helped many people instead of just one. But Jesus isn't moved by this logic. In fact, he's emphatic that the critics need to back off. It's clear that Jesus was very much aware that time was growing short, And Jesus saw something in Mary's gift that needed to be not only tolerated, but celebrated. What Mary offered was her gift to give. And as far as Jesus was concerned, her timing was perfect. Anyone who's ever tried to give an important gift to an important person on an important occasion, knows that timing is critical. Zoe Weil, a researcher, educator, theologian, and frequent TEDx speaker, knows this truth very well. When Zoe was just 18, her father was diagnosed with cancer. He died five years later after a very difficult battle with the disease. And during that five-year period, period. Zoe rarely talked about her father's condition with her friends. She figured out early on that his cancer, coupled with her fear and her sadness and despair about it, made most of her friends very uncomfortable. We were all young, she said, too young to know how best to cope. So Zoe made a decision to just avoid the subject as much as she could. But her friend, Tom, refused to play along. He was the only one who would speak directly to her about her father's cancer. He refused to avoid the painful conversations. He never pretended like everything was okay nor did he shy away from saying the hard thing that needed saying in any particular moment. For example, when Zoe was accepted to several law schools but was leaning toward UCLA, Tom gently but firmly said, you can't go there. California, he said, was too far away from her father who lived in New York. Tom was willing to face what Zoe could not bring herself to face, that her father's cancer was gaining ground, that the chemo wasn't working, and that time was running out. Zoe's father died less than a year later, and her decision to choose a school much closer to home made all the difference in those final months. As that time of final parting drew nearer, Tom stayed close. When Zoe cried, Tom cried with her. And at some point in that last year, he offered her a piece of wisdom that changed her life. You are going through something your friends have not yet experienced, he said. The awful loss of a parent to a gruesome disease. And he let that land, and then he continued... But because of this loss, you will be able to be there for others when it is their turn. And Zoe took that lesson to heart, and she's tried to live into that wisdom ever since. It was a gift that was given in the perfect way, with the perfect words, at the perfect time. Jesus saw that same kind of wisdom. And that same kind of love in the gift that Mary gave to him. Like Zoe's father, Jesus had been given a death sentence. The scribes and the Pharisees were so threatened by him, so desperate to guard their power and their position, that they decided to stop at nothing to rid themselves of the challenge. The first chance they got, they would kill him. And Jesus knew, but no one else seemed to see it. Maybe it just made them uncomfortable. So they changed the subject, told themselves that there was nothing really to worry about. But Mary, somehow Mary did know. She knew she could not hold back her gift, that this was the right time, the perfect time to show generous love to Jesus while she still could. When it comes to bold gestures or daring ideas or big risks, there will always be voices that say to wait. When I was thinking about leaving my law practice to go to seminary, those voices came from my law partners, and they came from my good friends, too. Are you sure you want to do that right now? Your kids are so young. You can always do that later. Discretion, as they say, is the better part of valor. Why not think a bit more? Why not consider other, perhaps easier, options? But when it came to Mary's gift, Jesus stomps on that. Leave her alone, he says. She bought this perfume as a gift. She's been keeping it for the day of my burial. And Jesus seemed to see that she was the only one around him who was willing to see the truth. That their teacher and Lord would soon be gone. And she had been saving this gift for just the right moment, and she had the sense that the moment had arrived. So in spite of the voices that told her not to, she gave the gift that was hers to give. Just a few months ago, on Christmas Eve, Tom's wife called Zoe Wilde to let her know that Tom had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. And he'd only known a few months, but things had progressed quickly. And in the past week, he had gone rapidly downhill. He went to the hospital, and then to the ICU, and then on to the ventilator. Zoe says she had been thinking about Tom for months. I really need to call him, she thought but she hadn't life as it does just got in the way and she had believed as we all tend to believe that we will have time for those things. She realized that the last time she had communicated with her friend was by text, right when the pandemic first started. Tom died one week later on new year's Eve At the age of 62, he had given Zoe the gift that she needed right when she needed it, and he had been right. She had been able to use the painful experience of losing her dad to help others as they faced loss. And those people, in turn, had passed the lesson on to others. One extravagant and thoughtful gift had multiplied its way through the universe. And Zoe had wanted to give a gift in return. But I never got to tell him, she said through tears. I never got to tell him how profoundly he'd influenced me, how I'd passed his wise words along to others how those people had helped others as well. I never got to thank him for all the wise things he said to me, for the important truths he regularly imparted that shaped my life, nor to say how his friendship and constancy carried me through some of the darkest periods in my life. I didn't get to tell him I loved him. Mary had a gift to give. It was easy to criticize, and strong voices did just that. But it was her gift to give, and in the end, she just did it. She trusted her eyes. She trusted her heart. She trusted her love, and she gave the gift that was hers to give in just the right way at just the right time, and Jesus loved it and Jesus loved her. What is your gift to give? Because you have one. It's one that is yours alone. And you have it to give because God gave it to you in the hope that you might pay it forward. God blessed you in this way because God wants you to give that blessing as your fragrant offering of faith, hope, and love. So as the poet once said, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a-flying, and this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. So may we trust our eyes, trust our hearts, trust our love, trust that the gift we are called to give will bring joy to the Lord, and just do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.